Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Hey, we are uh, glad that you are here. Uh, I see some friends of ours that have not been here for a while. For whatever reason, hey, we're glad that you are here. For the ones that are here every week, we're we're glad that you are here as well. And we are so grateful uh, that you are giving us some of your time. Um, And we want to honor that. So we are going to dive right into uh, the content. And if you've been with us the, the past couple of weeks, we have... Uh, been in a series, as you can see behind me, called Strong Start. And in our times together, we've been going through different parts of the book of James, and we've been looking at how James really speaks to how we should have a biblical perspective on certain experiences. Because what we know is that the Bible should change how you view things. The Bible should change how you think about things. Jesus should change everything about you when you encounter him. And what I believe is that the book of James, if you want a book of the Bible that is really practical when it comes to living uh, the Christian life, James is is a great place to go to because James speaks on so many different experiences that we go through that's going to be a part of your story, especially if you are someone who you would call yourself a follower of Jesus. So in the first week of this, we looked at this idea of suffering and trials, and we talked about how that was part of your story, no matter where you go, no matter what your story looks like, that is going to be a part of your spiritual story. And then last week, we switched the focus to talking about sin and temptation, and how sin and temptation, they go hand in hand, and if we let temptation do what it does. If, if, we, if we let temptation become fully grown in us, it's going to lead to death. It's, it's, it's going to lead to us missing out, losing what God has for us. And so this week we're going to uh, shift our focus, but uh, a theme in this series from, from the very beginning, from the very first week has been this. And it's the first thing on your notes is that we are pursuing A strong start that will lead to a lasting impact. And what we're trying to do here, rather what the Holy Spirit would want us to do, is that when we start on our spiritual walk, that it not fade a few days later. That it not fade a few weeks later. And so James gives us some really good examples that if we embrace a biblical perspective, that we can have a strong start that will lead to a lasting impact. Because anything that you do spiritually, whether you read the Bible every day, you pray every day, or maybe every other day, maybe you listen to worship music, whatever you do to improve your spiritual walk, whatever you do to improve your spiritual relationship with Jesus, it should have a lasting impact. And what we're trying to do here is we are trying to equip you all in that. Because if, if, if you've been participating in the uh, EBC Impact Challenge this whole month, you've been seeing scripture after scripture after scripture posted out on social media. And so what that means is that even the people who don't go to church, they're seeing God's word. And so we want you to have a lasting impact because your time with Jesus should be more than two or three days a week. That if the only time that you spend time with Jesus is on a Wednesday or Sunday, 
then you're missing a whole lot. That's not what Jesus wants. That, that's not God's heart for you. God's heart for you is to, is to have time with him every single day. And so again, tonight, we're going we're, we're to shift the focus, shift the conversation to this idea of wisdom. Because the sacrifice that Jesus became for us, y'all realize that, right? Like Jesus came, like the Son of God came, to bear what we should have bared. He came to be our substitute. And so tonight we're going to talk about wisdom. Because one thing that we would all say is that when people look at you, you want them to say or to think, man, this person's pretty wise. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to unpack this a little bit because I think there's some, some misconceptions when it comes to Wisdom, but before we do that, I want to invite our Bible crew for the night. If you're on the Bible crew, go ahead, take a few moments, grab some Bibles, pass them out, because we want you all to experience the Word of God as well. And listen, if you're at home, we say this every single week. If you're at home watching online, if you're catching this on our podcast channel at a later date, take this moment and find a Bible as well. Because no matter if you're in church or you're in your home, or you're in your car, God will meet you right where you are. And so we want you guys to experience the word of God because it is living. And so once you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to James chapter 3. Because tonight we're going to be in James chapter 3. And if you're using a Bible that we have here, that's going to be on page 568. So again, if you're using a Bible that we have here, make your way to page 568, where we're going to spend some time in James chapter 3. And what we're going to do is we're going to read all the way through verses 13 through 18. We'll read through those together, and then we'll go back and we'll unpack it as much as we can. So... Looking at James chapter 3, on page 568, beginning in verse 13, says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, And selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom comes not, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in in every evil practice. Verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So what we see here is that James is going to spend some time talking about two different kinds of wisdom. And if you have one of our Bibles here, and maybe even if you have your own Bible, uh, you might see a heading 
for this section of scriptures where it says two kinds of wisdom, two types of wisdom. So what James is going to do is he's going to share about two different kinds of wisdom. But before he gets into that, in verse 13, he shares a foundational truth about wisdom. And this is the part where I said that there's some misconceptions about wisdom. So if we go back and we read verse 13, we would say that wisdom, this next thing in your notes, wisdom goes beyond head knowledge. Wisdom goes beyond head knowledge. So let's go back to verse 13 real quick. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So if you're like me, you consider someone wise if they have a lot of knowledge, right? You consider someone wise if they have a lot of experience, right? And those typically are the two uh, main factors to determining if someone is considered a wise person because the, the more head knowledge they have, the more wisdom they must have, right? Like, if they have a lot of head knowledge, then they've, then they've got to be wise. But what we see James here is telling us, he's, he's saying, hey, listen, wisdom goes way beyond head knowledge. Wisdom goes way beyond head knowledge. And again, James says, let them show it by their good life for their deeds. So when you perform a deed, you're performing an action. You're performing a behavior. And then James goes on. He goes on. to describing what that wisdom looks like. Because while head knowledge is a part of wisdom, James is teaching us here that it's more than that. Wisdom also involves actions, how we go about our day-to-day with other people. Do you ever think about that? That the way that you act, the way that you make decisions, the way that you interact with people, that will give someone a pretty good indicator of how wise you are. Because listen, I know... A good handful of people who have a lot of head knowledge, but they are the dumbest people on this planet. And I say that because I've seen what they've done. I'm sure all of you all are very knowledgeable, but I've seen you do some stupid things. Which has led me to think, man, they're not that smart. And you've probably seen me do stupid things. Exactly. And you probably thought, man, he's not that smart. And that's okay because we all go there. So I wonder for the people in your life, the people that see you on a daily basis, what would they say? If they they looked at you just based on your actions, what would they say? I wonder. Would they say maybe that you're wise or would they say something different? So after James shares this foundational truth, he moves on to talking about the two different kinds of wisdom. And so the first type of wisdom is earthly wisdom. The first type of wisdom is earthly wisdom. And we see this in verses 14 through 16. So go back there with me real quick. 
But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition. There you find disorder and every evil practice. So not only does James tell us what earthly wisdom looks like, but he also tells us what's at stake with that. Because typically what, what we like to see as people, and, and maybe you're not like this, but I'll, so I'll just use myself. But if I'm told something, well, well let, me, let me back up. When you were a kid, and even now, there is, um, as a parent, there is a three-letter word that no matter how precious your child is, the second they say this word, you get ticked off. Why? Thank you. <laughs> See, Eli knows it, right? All, all my parents, you get that, right? Like when, when, when your kids are growing up, maybe even now, when you told them to do something, that three-letter word, why? And they look all cute and innocent, right? But you're like, you, <clears throat> like my baby's cute. Like, you know, cause like not all babies are cute. Mine is, though. But I'm, I'm going to tell you that the first time she says the word why, I might lose it on her. Of course, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> of course, in the name of Jesus. So we like to know, when we're told something, we're, we, we like to know why. So it's easy to read through this. Like, right, we're reading through it and we see that uh, bitter envy, selfish ambition... They're envious they're, and all these things. And if you read through that, you can probably think of someone who fits that description, right? You can probably think of someone like, man, how did James know about that person that he's writing about? And typically, or maybe if, 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 if you can picture somebody like this, odds are you don't enjoy being around them, Right? If someone is overly obnoxious, you avoid being around them, right? Some of you are like, man, how did James know about my brother or sister? Man. So people like this, we tend to avoid. We don't like spending time with them. But let's make this a little bit more personal, okay? Because every time that I read through a scripture, I try to read through it as best I can. So let's make this a little more personal and make this a little bit more real. Yes, we can think of someone like this, but you can also fit in that description sometimes. We don't like thinking about that, right? Because we, we are angels, we are saints, and there is no way, no way that I could be like that. Let's be honest. Sometimes you're like that. Sometimes people don't like being around you. Believe it or not, I know some of y'all, you're like, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a great person. Why would they not be? It happens, okay? So what, why is that so important? Because there's a problem with that. There's a problem with people not wanting to be around you. 
we don't think like that because instead of kind of thinking through that, we get mad and upset and how dare they avoid me? How dare they ignore me? Like you're walking down the, hall, like down the hallway in school, right? And like you look at someone and they'll do like the little, like the nonchalant, like, hey. It's like, it's more like a, not like a, like a, hey, like a, like, oh, hey, hey, like, and they're like doing all, you know, trying to sneak it, look in. So we don't think about why this is important or why this is significant or why this is a problem. Because if you're here and you are a follower of Jesus, if you're listening to this and you are a follower of Jesus, people not being around you should be an issue to you. It should be a problem to you. And here's why. If people don't enjoy being around you, how will you share or show them Jesus? If people avoid you like the plague, how are you going to be able to show them who Jesus is? And as we can see, and this is the next thing on your notes, is that earthly wisdom causes people to run away. It causes people to run away because, again, it said that there you find disorder and every evil practice. So people are going to run away. So if we are trying to use earthly wisdom, people will run away. And that's, that's a problem. Because, again, if people aren't around you, how will they know about Jesus? And if you're thinking, well, you know what, that's not my job. It's not my responsibility to, to reach people for Jesus. That's why there's churches and there's youth pastors and there's, and there's pastors. Listen, if that's you, just stop thinking that, okay? Just stop. Because here's the reality. There's people in your life that... Pastors, youth pastors, we will never, ever, 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 ever have a conversation with. But I guarantee you they'll have a conversation with you. Because as much as I would love to be in the schools with you all day, and I say that sarcastically, because I've been to high school, it was terrible, don't want to go back. But I can't go into your school and be a witness for Jesus. That's up to you. If you're thinking, well... Don't worry, Aaron, there's other Christians in the school that can do that. No, because not everybody's going to watch those Christians. There's going to be somebody who's going to watch you and what you do. That's why James says, hey, wisdom is not all about the head, the head knowledge. It's about what you do. Because there's some people, listen, there's some people, and this is not my notes, but I'm going on a rant. I don't care. There's some people. But they will never step inside of a church. They'll never have a conversation about Jesus. They will never, ever watch a service online. But they will watch what you do. They will watch what you do. They'll watch how you talk. They will watch what you post on social media. And if you want to know how to show people Jesus, I give you three options right there. How you talk, how you walk, and what you post on social media. So don't tell me that no one needs to see or hear about Jesus from you. Because there's some people that the only person that they could ever possibly hear the gospel of Jesus from is you. 
And so we don't want people to run away from us. We don't. If you're here and you're like, man, that sounds great. Like, not, I get it. Not everybody, like me, I'm a very social person, as you can probably tell. I love people. I love talking to people. But there's some people who's not, and, and that is fine. That is fine. But at some point, at some point, there has to be a conversation. Because I, and I believe Paul wrote this, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry in advance. But Paul says, how are we, how, 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 are, how is someone supposed to know about Jesus unless someone tells them about Jesus? So then James moves on to the second type of wisdom. In verses 17 through 18, it says the second type of wisdom on your notes is biblical wisdom. The second type of wisdom is biblical Wisdom. So let's, let's go back to verse 17 and 18 where it says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Peace, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. <clears throat> so James does the same thing that he just did. He tells us what biblical wisdom looks like. And then he tells us, he shows us what's at stake if we use it. So based on what James tells us in these verses, is that biblical wisdom looks very different. Looks very different than earthly wisdom. Do you catch that? Looks very different. Because, again, if you were to think of someone who fit this description, as opposed to the first person you actually enjoy being around these people right you enjoy being around someone who is not all about the drama you love being around someone who makes you feel heard makes you feel seen so we gravitate towards those people because some of your friends they are your friends because they make you feel good right they give you compliments so that they, they make you feel good. So we enjoy those people. We enjoy being around them. Just, just even being in, a, in the same space as them. We enjoy that. Right? So another way that we could say this, and this next thing on your notes, is that biblical wisdom causes people to run towards Again, biblical wisdom causes people to run towards. Now, if you were picking up on what I was saying a few moments ago, if people running away is the problem, then people running towards is the opposite of a problem. It's how it should be. People should want to be around you. If you're here tonight and you would consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, you want people to run towards you. Because people, because listen, people, people should not want to run towards you to encounter you or experience you. They should run towards you to experience Jesus through you. And we can say, man, that, yeah, like, amen, Aaron, that, 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 that is right, that is true. Like, we should all follow that. 
But let's be honest, that is difficult to do. Right? Because when people start gravitating towards you, it feels good, doesn't it? Like, it feels good to have people, like, listening to what you're saying. It feels good to have people just, like, just running towards you. But it's not about people experiencing you. Because I love all you guys, and I'm not just saying that, like, I do love all you guys. Half of the time, my conversation is about you guys. Because I love you guys. I, I, I enjoy being here. Like when, I, when, I, when I missed a few weeks ago, it was tough for me not to be here. Because I enjoy being around you guys. But the only thing that I care about when it comes to you, that I really care about, I care about you. But what I really care about is are you showing me Jesus? Because I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how athletic you are. I don't care how, how charming or funny you are. Because those things aren't going to last. Those things don't matter. The only thing that matters is that, is this, that people are seeing Jesus through you. And again, if the only place that you are showing people Jesus is here and on Sundays, that's an issue. Because it's easy to show people Jesus here, right? That's all we talk about. That's all we, that's all we focus on. That's how it should be. Like if we took away everything and we just had this right here, that should be enough. It is awesome that we have students who are gifted in worship. It is awesome that we have adults gifted in worship. It is awesome that we have people gifted in learning how to run the computer and run the Instagram and all these things. But if all that was gone, this should be enough. So let me ask you this, because apparently I'm all about being real tonight. If everything was gone, if everything was taken away, and all that was left was Jesus and your relationship with him, would that be enough for you? If all the skills, if all the talents, if all the materials were taken away and it was just you and Jesus, would that be enough? A lot of people would say yes, but here's what I know. Is that those same people who would say yes, if we were to put a camera in front of them and follow them in their day, that would be so far from the truth. Aaron, you don't get it. I like being comfortable. Hey, guess what? I, I like it too. I like being comfortable too. I like things too. Like I like shiny things. I like new things. If I have something like, if, if, if I'm going to buy a book, you better believe I'm buying a new copy of that book. I'm not going to buy the used version. Like, come on, who does that, right? So I like to be comfortable. I like new things, but those things don't matter. The only thing that matters is Jesus. Because here's the reality, that everything that you care about, everything that you hold so close, so closely to for comfort, at some point, that will all be gone. But Jesus is going to stay the same forever. This whole building at some point is going to be gone. But Jesus will still be here. At some point, every material thing that you have that you hold so closely to, it's going to be gone. But Jesus will still be here. Because Jesus was here in the beginning 
and he'll be here when it's all said and done. From the very first verse in Genesis all the way to Revelation, Jesus is there. Nothing else can, can, can match that consistency. Nothing else. And so biblical wisdom causes people to run towards. And when that happens, when people run towards you, you get the opportunity to, to, to walk through the Great Commission. And again, if you are a Christian, the Great Commission is your responsibility too. It's not just the church leaders. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the adults. It's, it's for you too. So Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20, check it out. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that's Jesus talking. So when he says that I'll be with you always to the very end of the age, that's Jesus saying, hey, guess what? When it's all said and done, I'm still going to be there. But if you notice, it doesn't say, therefore, pastors and adults, go and make disciples. doesn't say that. doesn't say, therefore, parents, grandparents, siblings, other Christians, go and make disciples. No, not there either. It says, therefore, go. So if you're a Christian and you're reading that, hey, it's talking to you. It's talking about you right there. As we've been going through this, you know, when we talked about that first kind of wisdom, that earthly wisdom, a lot of times you see, you see it associated with pride. But as you go through the second kind of wisdom, you see it associated with humility. <clears throat> and when we practice humility, because I get it like being, you know, someone who is humble, that can be seen as being weak, right? And, and, and as guys, we don't like to be weak, right? Like that, we will avoid that at all costs. Like that, people can call us a lot of things, but if they, if, if they call us weak, I always game on, right? So we, we, we see being humble or being someone of humility as being weak, but that's not the case. Because when we practice humility, we put the focus where it should be. And that focus is Jesus. Everything you do should be about Jesus. Everything you say should be sprinkled with Jesus. Everything that you think, whether people know it or not, should be sprinkled with Jesus. Everything you post should be sprinkled with Jesus. Everything you listen to should be sprinkled with Jesus. So tonight as we close, I want to share one more verse. And we're going to go to Proverbs 11, chapter 11, verse 2. And what I think is that this wraps everything up to what we talked about tonight. When pride comes... Then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And it's fitting because a few things. One, it shows that the, that the Old Testament is connected to the New Testament, which even more proves that Jesus 
connected in the Old Testament to the New Testament, but it also puts everything in a nice little bow. So whenever we choose earthly wisdom or pride, we are choosing disgrace. And whenever we choose biblical wisdom and humility, we're choosing wisdom. So for your life, when you maybe, even before you get to the end of your life, as you reflect on throughout the years, because as you get older, you you reflect more. As teenagers, you don't care. (laughs) But the older you get, you do a little bit more stopping and thinking and reflecting. So when you do that, do you want your life to be marked by disgrace or wisdom? Which one do you want more of, disgrace or wisdom? If you're here tonight and you've never confessed that you are a sinner and claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the only thing you need to do tonight. Don't worry about nothing else other than making that decision for Jesus. Because life is full of decisions, college, cars, home, who to marry, who not to marry. The most important decision that you will ever experience is the question of will you receive Jesus as your Savior? And when we're done, if you have any questions about that, hey, come find me. I would love to talk to you about that. All these adults in the back there would love to talk to you about that. Because the only reason that we're here, the only reason we're here is for students to encounter Jesus. That's it. We love the good times. We love the good food. But we're here only for Jesus. If you're here tonight and you have already made that decision, you're already a Jesus follower. You've been following him for years and years and years and years. I want you to consider this question. And it should be on, yeah, should be on the slide. Would people describe you as prideful or humble? If I was to go to the people in your life and ask them, is this person prideful or humble? What would they say? If you choose to use biblical wisdom, you're going to see, you're, you're going to see humility. You're, you're, you're going to see someone being humble. So, would people describe you as prideful or humble? And listen, whatever the Holy Spirit's calling you to do, I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, all I ask is that you respond obediently and respond confidently. And again, if you have any questions about anything, if you want to know what it looks like to accept Jesus as your Savior, hey, come find me. Come talk to me. I'll stay here all night. Maybe not all night, but I'll stay here for a while and talk to you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much again for tonight, for giving us a chance to dive into your word.